1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could
2: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: I'll get to that. a yeah. Couple of weeks. Yeah. So these uh, come from behind victory. Anyway,
4: I think it's I think it's going to be a great game. Um, my, you know, obviously I I I hope for just a healthy delivery of of DJ, but I would really like it if he would go ahead and like come now. Or wait till after the game, because I don't want to be watching that game in the delivery room. I know that's like like a million on the things I should be concerned about. Yeah, you,
3: you but, basically just spoke it into an existence. But the but
4: vibes it. just wouldn't be right, bro. If the nurses are coming in every five minutes, I'm like, you know, this is a big third down, ma'am. You You're trying to check Sam's vitals? Can can it wait? You can't do that because she'll remember it the rest of your life.
3: I yeah. was trying to write some game preview from the from the room as we awaited CJ. Faith still holds it against me that I wasn't locked in on her, kinda like right. Tigers and defensively right now, that I, all my intention was yes. a, that I hadn't handed over that duty that's to right to some other reporter at the CA that yeah. I was doing a preview from the <sighs> from the room.
4: And game preview is a little different than the Super Bowl though. You know what I'm saying? It's the the biggest game ever.
3: That 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 what doesn't change is she wants you locked in on her. Right. Yeah. So anything she needs, you're locked in and yeah. available at all times. Most. That's important. true. No, that's
4: not your attention not focused on anything else. That's the part. Yes. where It's alike. Well, two weeks is what we're looking at here, right? February 11th. Say it's gonna be this week. His congrats Greek.
3: to uh, yeah. Congrats. And Giannotto just had one, right? Yes. Y'all, well, y'all can... popping them out around here right now.
4: Reese Giannotto. uh Congratulations, first daughter. Yeah, I believe unless he has another one that I'm unaware of, I believe that is his first daughter. Congrats, but Mark. you'll have to ask him. He may have, you know, he may have one somewhere else. You and Mark are about in the sack at the same time. Apparently so. Yeah, we had they to, were. We have to schedule ours, though, for the for the school year. Y'all aligned them, things. You know, We have to you know, we, got, we have <laughs> him the... Him and Mark uh, really aligned it up. They are
0: aligned. The summer yeah.
4: is where we have to sort of, like... Y'all went to mind. work. Yes, exactly You know it does that. I didn't, it didn't is home. Well, we, we, (laughs) we, well, again, with me and Sam, it's like, because we have, we like to sort of like, okay, you have six weeks of maternity that you can use, and then you go right into the summer. I only know that because of you. Right. So, like, we had to, like, okay, this is sort of what that calendar would be, you know, and then after the second day of trying, we, you know, boom, there it was, you know, basically. So, just... Put it on in there. I mean, that's two. Efficiency. Wow, you got her done. It was pr- you know I, I, I was like this, very efficient. This didn't take that long. I mean, no, this, I was hoping we could like you know get a little mileage out of this whole deal. Yeah, but it just, run, run it, run Don't back. want it to go too long. It yeah. just didn't. It didn't work. You know, so yeah. well. Yeah. Rita Rita has four kids. You know, I mean she you know she was at fertile Myrtle over there. So
0: fertile family.
4: Uh, yeah, apparently so. Got to be careful, man. Got to be careful to not have more. You know, what I'm saying three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, got to be careful. Anyway, we'll do respect burgers. Then Jason Fitz gonna join us at 125. Six around. Jason and John, FM ESPN. Starting on Thursday, 92.9 FM ESPN and Robert Irwin Jewelers are spreading the love. Listen for details on Thursday. Happy Valentine. The Live Love Memphis group at the Real Estate Agency is here to help you. If you're on the move or about to be, and you're going to list your home, what you're going to do, you got to get it sold. Don't you want to make the most money for it? Of course you do. And that's what the Live Love Memphis team does. They help people make the most money, get the most equity for their homes. But you have to reach out to them, Jennifer and her, Jennifer and her team. They're the best. Say hello. So to live, love, memphis.com.
3: process is simple. just starts with one phone call, 901-625-5200. Write it down. I'll say it's slower, 625-5200. That is the number to get a hold of Jennifer Carson Center and her fantastic team. Uh, did what I thought was a miracle five years ago. It's just day-to-day work for them. They're going to get you the most money possible. Not going to leave a dollar on the table. In a lot of cases, it's been much more. Uh, than our man Alvin thought he was going to get for his home was in my case as well. It's been nothing but success stories to everybody we've sent over. So make the call. Probably going to be your only call Uh, once you start talking to Jennifer. That's how good she is. Again, 901-625-5200. It's the Live Love Memphis, Live Love Nash, and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agency. On Mondays around this time, I get on the old big green egg. I pat out some burgers like I used to do back at the Memphis Country Club, and then I season them with respect. Let's do Respect Burgers. Now, it's time for the Jason and John Show, Respect Burgers.
4: I E-S-E-C-T, means to me.
3: Sizzlin' Respect Burgers, served hot and fresh from Jason and John. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is uh, out of this world good, and he was again, uh, as we mentioned, in helping the Chiefs advance to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five seasons with a 17-10 victory over Baltimore. Uh, he ended up 30-39 for 241 in a touchdown. We mentioned it. Him and Kelsey were on the other level. Um, Kelsey had 11 receptions for 116 yards in the touchdown pass. Jerry Rice as the uh, all-time receptions leader in the playoffs. And yet for all of those accolades, i got to give this respect because I gave one of my homes last week. The Chiefs defense needs the credit, and John stole a lot of my thunder here because if you looked at that game and broke it down, you weren't seeing the Baltimore team that we had seen all year. Uh, Chiefs defense forced three turnovers, four sacks, Held Baltimore to 3 of 11 on third down conversions and just five rushing first downs. And that matters because this was a Baltimore team that came in having knocked off Houston, rushing the ball 42 times in that game for 229 yards. They only rushed the ball 16 times in this loss to KC and their defense. And you got to give Spags a ton of credit for what he threw at him. I mean, you, you basically baited them into a shootout. Lamar Jackson throwing 37 times, trying to match uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes' 39 pass attempts. And you played right into the defense's hands, and boy, did they take advantage of it. Again, this wasn't a deal. We touched on it last segment where game script dictated that you should just abandon your your identity and what you had done all season long in terms of the run. You're averaging over five yards of carry form in the times that you do. But again, out of 16 rushes yesterday, I told you a week before, they run 42 times. Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, Lamar Jackson was eight of those 16. So they didn't even try. Again, they tried to outsmart the Chiefs and show you how flashy they could be with the arm. And it came back to beat them. And what it did in terms of the Chiefs being able to get off the field on those third downs, it led to a 37 37- Basically 37 to 22 time of possession advantage. 37 minutes to 22 minutes time of possession advantage for KC. Uh, we will talk about Patrick Mahomes and being the GOAT and how Travis Kelsey has stepped up in these playoffs in a way that looked like at the end of the regular season. Didn't know if he could do that anymore. But the Chiefs defense has been the story really all season long for them. And I think, in fact, this is probably their second respect burger of the year. Uh, probably could have been, a, a, a frankly, even more time uh, recipient. Moving on. Brock Purdy, I touched on this. He's shown me a lot in the last two weeks, particularly with his ability to come back. I think uh, before, prior to last week, no Shanahan team had come back down five or more in the fourth quarter and come back to win. And now we have seen Brock Purdy uh, in one case, without Debo, with Debo injured. But now, two weeks in a row, we've seen him engineer uh, comebacks. And, frankly, didn't know at one point if Mr. Irrelevant was capable of this. Now, they I will say this, San Francisco been clamoring all offseason. Last year's NFC Championship game would have been different if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt. And I think you know Brock Purdy even mentioned that in some of the post-game interviews. You know, the rehab and everything else they had to go back through. Um there was a lot of talk that if Purdy had been there, it would have been a different story. And, man, did he not back it up. And what they've done the last two weeks, again, down 24-7 in that game. You score 17 points in an eight-minute span. Yes, with Detroit helping you out, but you can't take anything away from Purdy finished with 267 yards, passing uh, a touchdown. It was really the difference in the second half. Look at these, Listen to these numbers. Brock Purdy in the second half of that game, again, they're down 24-7, Need an incredible historic rally. Goes 13 of 16 for 174 yards. The touchdown, this was after throwing a pick in the first half. But he also added the 49 rushing yards, which were huge in that game uh, as well, particularly in that second half. First half was 7 of 53, 90 yards and an interception. He was worse than pedestrian in the first half, but completely turned it around. And, again, this was a spot where Shanahan's teams had not been able to do this. And here in the last couple of weeks, he has now done it. And the 51-yard pass that he threw to IU that bounced off the – The helmet of the defender uh, certainly was a part of that, no question. So there was a little luck involved. But, I mean, listen, a lot of this has been held against Brock Purdy. Is it the system or is Brock Purdy elite? I think you have to say that Brock Purdy is somewhere in the the category of good to elite (laughs) with the way he's carried himself all season, the quarterback rating. But now the Patrick Mahomes-ish sort of I can come back even from down deficits. Once you're adding that dimension to your game, I mean – you got to put him up there with the best, no question about it. And particularly, again, like I mentioned, Detroit was running that ball yesterday. Uh, San Francisco's defense was not great in that game. Uh, they needed an offensive uh, surge, and Brock Purdy engineered it. I guess really it's me that's had to come around on Brock Purdy and the quality of quarterback uh, he is. I still ain't put him up there with um, some of the, you know, the, the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrows, uh, but he is quite high on the list. He's proven it this season. All right, finally. Um, I know it's sort of been up and down, especially with the uh, the outcomes of late uh, Memphis last yesterday losing to Indiana. I'm speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies. But I have to give Vince Williams Jr. a respect burger for what he is bringing every night. And particularly, again, whether it's wins or losses, he's playing about, you know, you're going to see him out there for about 36 minutes a game. In fact, I think that's what it was yeah. uh, these past two games of the weekend. He played 36 in both. Listen, for the month of January, Vince Williams Jr. is averaging basically 15 points, 14.8, 6.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.3 steals per game in the 12 games this month. That's, again, averaging 32.8 minutes per game, played 36 in the last two. Here's where it just goes off the charts. And you go, Vince Williams Jr. is doing that? This month, in those 12 games, he's shooting 51% from the field. This is a guy whose usage rate is through the roof right now. And 47% from three He's 30 of 64 from three this month on five. That's five threes a game, essentially. Five threes a game. This is not some he's taking a couple, and he's just hitting on a nice percentage for the month. This is 12 games, 64 three-point attempts, and he's made 30 of them. Um, I don't know where the ceiling is on Vince, but I have elevated it to a point where I can see him one day maybe as, the, as a starter at well, the three. I mean, yeah. if, Mar- if you can envision Marcus Smart being a starter. Yeah. Uh, You know, next year, why can we not envision Vince Williams doing the same thing? Now, whether that can lead you to titles is another question. But this kind of production, this kind of efficiency, the way he's able to be on the other team's best player, perimeter player, and then still give you this kind of production, uh, it's more. It's 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 a double respect burger, triple respect burger for what Vince Williams Jr. is giving you on a night-to-night uh, basis. So again, twenty and eight, in the uh, the loss yesterday to Indiana. We haven't mentioned much about the Grizzlies' outcomes over the weekend, but 116-110 loss to Indiana. Again, you play hard, you play well, end up coming up short, and then you held off. Orlando on Friday had 11 points, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks in that game, did a little bit of everything, 107-106 over Orlando. At that time, it was three wins in a row for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, but, again, who did go back on the road on Sunday and lose at Indiana. Vince Williams, Jr. has been fantastic. He's probably going to get another 36 minutes tonight Yeah. Uh, when the Grizzlies take on the Kings down at FedEx Forum, 7 p.m. You can hear pregame here on 929 FM ESPN starting at 6.30 what will Vince do tonight? Uh, whatever it is, he'll have our respect.
4: Yeah, I actually was watching. I was locked into that magic game on Friday night. I bet because that's your guy. And uh, yeah, I, it was unfortunate because I was watching him hit threes and do his thing. And I and I said, "I'm I'm renaming my son Vince." Little did I know that at that same exact moment, the the Vince McMahon texts were leaked. Oh. And, and so Ugh, bad idea. And don't I do that I do and stepped into those were i mean I, I had no idea until i was it was I, I was not aware of contemporary events at that time um and those texts were very graphic jason and some of the things that came out were yeah so it was i had to clarify i was talking about williams it would be after there would be williams um and i actually had i actually I actually bet the grizz live on that one money line i was sweating but i was like oh it's joe engel <laughs> I can't believe Joe Ingles is the guy getting the shot here. I thought what was going to happen in that magic game was that they were going to get a foul call or something, you know, and they mm-hmm. would get to the line and win it that way. But uh man, yeah, the Grizzlies I I cannot believe I'm saying this are somehow uh the most stable basketball team in Memphis right now. The like, guy at least know what I'm getting from them. They're going to fight, they're going to compete yeah. every single night, you know.
3: Well, you'd come to see the 3-0 New Hope team this weekend like you oh, said. yes, you'd, yes. You'd, yes. You'd see some consistency. Yes. And we, um, we are 3-0.
4: The disrespect dog this weekend is not going to go to MLGW. I know you expected that. Oh, yeah. What do you But, hearing? I mean, we you, could you do are, that.
3: You're, trying, you're surprising me. They had you out, bro. We
4: could do that every single Monday. You and a, uh, you and a bunch of Germantown. What happened? What I happened? I don't know. I didn't know even have a storm. Out of power with for eight hours for no apparent reason. Um, <clears throat> I think they said a Transformer Blue or something. Okay. So there you go. You're on but, an eight-hour timeline. But no disrespect, dog, for McGowan today. I mean, well, You, no, you they, are shocking. They got it. They got it on my Twitter account. They know. Um, so I'm not going to relive that. I'm actually going to give a disrespect, dog, to Joel Embiid. What? Because Joel Embiid sat out on Saturday in the nationally televised game against in, uh, NBA MVP uh, co-favorite Nikola Jokic, um, nationally televised in a game that he was not even on the injury report for. Um, and it's not just Joel Embiid, okay? It's not just him. He's the face of it right now for me, but this is why the NBA regular season continues to be very difficult to care about because this is a nationally televised game on ABC on Saturday night against the Nuggets, against the Joker, and Joel Embiid says, hmm. Not really feeling it tonight. I'm going to sit. Again, wasn't on the injury report the day before. Wasn't on the injury report the day of. Wasn't on the injury report until 15 minutes before the game. And then the news breaks. And that's the NBA. That's what it is. You cannot, as a fan, know who's going to play night to night. You cannot, as a fan, purchase tickets in advance. Because you don't know if, the, if, that, if that player that you want to see is going to play. It makes me appreciate guys like Devin Booker. It makes me appreciate guys like Anthony Edwards. It makes me appreciate guys like Jason Tatum. But those guys are not the norm. Those guys are the exception to the rules and not the actual rule. Um, There is no data that suggests rest, okay, is actually any – level of beneficial to preventing injury like there's no data that suggests it. it's not but there's no data that suggests that it is that it makes you less likely to injure yourself if you don't play on back-to-backs there's no evidence that suggests that that's the case but it's just we've accepted it coaches and teams have accepted it and um look greg popovich started it right he started it with the spurs back in the day and it's just like everybody else has just copied it and i just i hate that that because i love nba basketball at the high level bro it is like it's the highest level of execution. It's the highest level of skill. It's the highest level of, of, of shot-making, all of it, right? It's the best when it matters. The problem with NBA basketball is, like, I don't know when it matters. It doesn't matter in January, clearly. So is it going to start matter? It'll probably matter a little bit more after the trade deadline to these teams, you know? I just feel like it's very difficult for the fans to be interested when the players aren't, you know? I mean, he just he opted out of that game. You can't, That dude wasn't hurt. He just didn't want to play. Then I mean, they're, they're, the, Sham said he got hurt in the
3: previous game, but well, the, the, you know, they did not handle it correctly yeah. with the way that they. It's all like 15 minutes prior to tip. It right. looks like the everybody in the NBA is investigating now. Right, the NBA has yeah. to look into it. Philly, Nick Nurse at least is saying that the medical staff didn't like the way he looked in the layup line or whatever. Oh yeah,
4: it's all relative.
3: Like I just they didn't I, follow protocol. They yeah. didn't have him on the injury report whatsoever.
4: I just hate that this is the NBA now. I really do. Like it's just like, "Oh, you got to check the injury report. You got to know who's playing, who's not, who's in, who's out." I just I can't stand it. I cannot stand that this is where the NBA is right now. Now playoffs, everybody's going to be in. the
3: sixty-five game thing help though? Other than with Embiid, in and terms he's of only got, he's only got six games before he can't be out. Well, I know with him, they don't seem to care about it. Is my point? But with everybody else, aren't we seeing well, the most, heat don't care in terms of the the rule itself? Unless you are up like Ward, you are not going to care though, right? I mean, like Jokic is playing. You know what I am saying? Yeah, like there is enough of the, that are either Lucas abiding playing. by it or don't care about it that you are seeing yeah. the, the true MVP candidates. But I told you <laughs> back a few days ago that they are going to be voters who pick Jokic over Embiid mm-hmm. just because he has been there and played the entire season. It's a ton more games and now a ton more minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that that's going to be held against Embiid, even if he's played enough to qualify. Looks like right now they don't care and that yeah. he's not going to play enough. Yeah, look, I just... I feel you, though, on you know the but, late scratches but, but the and
4: everything. The NIL and the portal has ruined the... Oh, no, that's college. Uh, mm-hmm. The re- load management has ruined college basketball, NBA. I hate it. I can't stand it, man. I cannot stand it. Look, I like I, I I love watching young players grow and develop and all that, and that's that's fantastic. Which is what we're sort of really dealing with with the Grizzlies. But I know Vince Williams is going to play every game, bro. He's he's playing for he's playing for legitimacy, for a starting job, for yeah, a bigger I mean, contract. It, in fairness to they
3: got bigger fish to fry. They're trying and trying to win a title, bro. And you can win a title that, by that, playing that, in that big Denver. body. Them knees ain't going to hold up too much longer. Man, you stop, understand that, stop right? Defending
4: Especially, that, man. Don't defend that. Play the game. Play the game. In, I don't in I, January play the game
3: in that specific case because it's about a title. I don't so much, and because Embiid's already won one, I don't really care that they're that they're still load managing what about or whatever the fans. I don't really. Who cares? We you, know, we, you we, don't care about we, the fans. We, we saw this matchup a couple weeks ago, or whatever, we or a week ago. It was he very played, recent. He ain't played in we Denver, Denver since the, the early, 2019. No, no, in Denver, but we just know, saw the two of them up in Philly go against. But don't, you know, does Denver no, deserve to see? I don't Joel care, care as, a, as a Memphian and a Grizzlies fan about M B being out because M B is point, ducking the matchup. It's showing you that they truly do care more about championship and getting him to the end than they do another MVP individual award. They can't and, even that kind of finals. That I kind of like if. If dude wasn't having a good season going hard, scoring 30 every time he goes out, I would say, okay, I get what you're saying. But the guy literally hurt his left knee the game before. Like, you got to try to – there ain't much more tread on them tires over the next few years for Embiid. Play the game. Just come. You should have gave it just –
4: gone, gave it to MLGW. No, bro. The NBA regular season is called tomorrow O.C. The the, the NBA regular season is a cooked product, bro. If the players don't care about it, how are you going to expect the fans to? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean,
3: there's a ton of truth in that, yes. I, would, I mean, they, mean, look, I, I, if the whole league was still doing this, I'd be with you. But it, you, it, seemed, it's, it has cut down on it, it feels like.
4: Well, Kawhi, Kawhi's playing this year. He isn't? is, he is, he is. I will say this, like, they'll never do it. But, again, 60 games, bro. That's perfect. 60 games is all we need. We don't need 82. For what? I mean, I know, I know for what. But, you know, I don't know. There's some theory on Twitter that um, once the television rights and the money that they get doesn't exceed, you know what their what what their expectations are. That you'll see stars play more, because the truth of the matter is, for TV, those games are worth less if the stars ain't in them. Yeah, they're hurting
3: themselves by not playing.
4: So maybe that's what we got to have, but okay. I don't I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> All right, we'll come back. Jason Fitz is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him about the Super Bowl and more. Stick around, Jason and John. How do you- okay,
2: picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Post your free job on linkedin.com
4: slash recommend today. FM, ESPN. Jason Fitz, host on Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports Radio, joins us every single Monday, and he joins us now. Fitz, it ain't the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl that everybody thought we were going to get, but, I mean, there's no reason that this can't be a a great one, is there?
0: No, no, it's going to be an epic game. I mean, absolutely, and... If the if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, then you just got to ask yourself how you ever bet against them again, ever. I, I mean, just think about how, compared to most Super Bowl teams, how flawed this team is, and it doesn't matter. Their defense has really stepped up over the course of the last season. We all know that. But, man, the fact that Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were able to connect like that against, you know, supposedly a great defense with some great players on it. We know they are. With a coach that's supposed to be a hot head coaching head candidate, like, I'd have a lot of questions in interviews about why your game plan didn't seem to account for the two people you had to account for. So, I thought it was a just an absolute shockingly bad performance by the Ravens and a reminder that you should never bet get Mahomes and the Chiefs ever. To, to
3: your point, if you were ranking the units in this Super Bowl, right, right, Forty Niners offense, KC defense, how, how would you do? How would you handicap that, Fitzy? Just be, because, to your point, I think this Chief defense has been uh not talked about enough how close would they be or would they be on top of that San Francisco offense
0: I think they're it's it's a virtual tie for me I mean honestly like this this 49ers offense in the second half particularly was so good in that game and one of the things that really stood out was watching Brock Purdy run around like he yep. it looked like at halftime he must have taken a bath in Vaseline or something cuz they just couldn't get any hands on Brock Purdy who is not known to be the athlete you know in that situation so I think it's really interesting though that you know you start thinking about some of the abilities that the Forty ers offense has, and you got to look at that offensive line. Right, that offensive line no is so stinking good that Aiden Hutchinson was invisible for long, long stretches in that game. Had a couple of nice plays, but for the most part, they handled him. So, if I'm the Chiefs, what I got to figure out is I've got a very good defense that has been fundamentally able to really handle things. That now is going to have to figure out, you know, how to how to manufacture some level of pass rush against Forty ers I think that's going to be a really interesting part of this battle because Forty ers offensive line is. One of their biggest
4: strengths. Yeah, it feels like to me that, you know, most people are going to be un be unable to resist the points there with Mahomes. Yeah. But, I mean, the 49ers, I, I, like I go back to it, in my, sort of my feeling on this is that the last time the Chiefs saw a combination of skill position players like they're going to see with the 49ers, it was the, it was a loss to the Eagles in terms of the combination of receivers, running backs, tight ends, all of that. It was a loss <clears throat> on the road to uh, – to the, to, the, to the Eagles. I will ask you in, in this way, is this almost like are we seeing an NBA regular season play out with the Chiefs season in that they know they can turn it on when they want and they'll elevate it in the playoffs and that we shouldn't necessarily take much out of what they showed us offensively in the regular season? Or is this just a coincidence? Like, How do you work through a, a two-game sample size of brilliance for the Chiefs versus a regular season that was hit or miss?
0: uh, That's a great way to phrase the question. I think part of what has happened for Kansas City has been development. Like Rasheed Rice, for the first 10 games of the season, was a little lost. And there were times that he was good, but times that he just wasn't, right? And we saw this, this moment for him in the last, I don't know, four or five games of the year where he became tougher and tougher for teams to figure out how to defend. And we've seen that continue to develop. Same with Pacheco, who's gotten better and stronger as the season's gone on. So... Some of their players, I think. And then, yes, to your point, I think if you're Travis Kelsey, you were just sort of just getting your way to the playoffs, and now you're being the Travis Kelsey. Like Not that long ago, people were telling us all that Kelsey looked like he was washed and he was done, and then what you do, you know, 11 catches in that game. So I, I think there is some element for some of the guys that it's, hey, I'll wait till I have that moment. But I also think that's combined with the fact that these coaches do a beautiful job of developing skill position players, and that's what we've seen is, that development they're a tougher team to defend right now than they were uh, 5 6 weeks ago simply because of the development of some of their guys
3: what did you think i you know i listen lamar's dropped to 2 and 4 in the playoffs and th- there are no excuses right you had all your weapons and everything else and i i completely understand that i did think that they sort of out-thought themselves. Todd Munkin trying to, you know, put Lamar in a shootout. He throws 37 times to Mahomes' 39. You completely abandon the run. You run 42 times against the Texans and just 18 yesterday. I thought their offensive plan, uh, and and all of it falls on Harbaugh, uh, sort of set Lamar up for failure in addition to Lamar not playing well.
0: Yeah, I hated everything about the Ravens' game plan on both sides of the ball. And you mentioned the rushes, but, like, take away the quarterback and wide receiver rushes in that. The running backs ran six times. In that game for the Ravens. Yep. How the hell do you get into that game and run the football six times? And then exactly. when when Lamar did drop back, it felt like he was a little hesitant to just let it rip at times. And so I don't know if he didn't love what he was seeing or if guys weren't getting open, but at some point you got to adjust to that. And we never saw that adjustment. So I thought Baltimore's offensive game plan was just a pile of hot garbage. And their defensive game plan was no better. They kept sending four over and over again, but then the the rest of the defense they were dropping in coverage was playing soft. How are you going to put people back? Like Who do you think was going to burn you deep? Why did you need to play that soft with everybody in front of you over and over and over again? Look at time of possession in the first half, and you saw Mahomes throwing the ball a ton, but the Chiefs were dominating time of possession. That tells you that he was throwing the ball three yards down the field here, yep. four yards down the field, over and over again. No adjustment to that. I, I thought both Ravens coordinators just absolutely had a day to forget. Well said.
4: Yeah. Uh, and then last thing, Fitz, uh, Titans made a uh, Brian Callahan, uh, what do you make of that uh, that choice?
0: It's funny to me because Brian Callahan has been a very good coach. People really like him. I think the work with Jake Browning was good. But also, like he's going to a situation where he's not going to have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Uh, He doesn't have Joe Burrow. And one of the biggest question marks for the Bengals for the last several years has been their ability, the inability to either develop or identify at the offensive line position, which is funny because Brian's dad's an offensive line coach. So I'm concerned if I'm a Titans fan, because the offensive line has been one of my biggest areas of disaster for the last couple of years. Like they hired somebody that comes from a franchise that hasn't done particularly well there. So better believe that Rand Carthon has some sort of approach. If you're a Titans fan, that's going to fix that offensive line because, I don't know what we see from Callahan's resume that makes that a strength. So I think there's some real curiosity to the hire, but they got what they wanted. And that's the big thing that Amy Adams made clear in her statement. They wanted a very clear power structure. They have a very clear power structure. I think to be a successful organization, you have to have a very clear power structure. Let's see if that works. Now they've got it lined up. But do I think they upgraded at the head coaching position? There's absolutely no proof that that's happened.
4: Yeah. Hey, Fitz, man, you're the best as always, dude. Thank Appreciate you, the time. A great week. Appreciate you boys. Have a great week. Yep. Yeah, Jason Fitz joins us every Monday here on the show. Hey, if you want to get better at the sport of basketball, more importantly, your chances are you're way past your prime, you're out of the, the, the game. But you might have a son or a daughter that is very much in the game. Get a membership to shoot 360. You will not regret that. You will be so happy. They're gonna love it, they're gonna have a blast, they're gonna get better at the sport of basketball. Jason and I have both been there. We've taken CJ there. CJ's 10 years old. Let's just use him as an example. He didn't want to leave. I mean, we were all there. He didn't want to leave when we all went out, out there together. He was on the dribbling drills. He was on the shooting drills. It's perfect for if you've got a young hooper in your house, get a membership out there and let him get better at the game of basketball with the same technology that Steph and Clay and other NBA players use right here in the Memphis area, 85 Marks Center Drive in Carville.
3: I'm going to be honest with you. We haven't had CJ out there enough, and I can see it on the floor every week. You know, the shots there. But the ball handling is not, and that's the thing about shoot 360. It's in the entire game, those huge, massive interactive video boards they got. are going to help you with those ball handling and passing drills. going to be a lot like playing a video game. Frankly, I need to have CJ out there all week long so we can improve our all-around game. That's the point, though, and here's the point, too. As a father or a mother or as an aunt or an uncle, you're going to love it because you're not paying an arm or a leg. You're going to love their membership options. Great gift to give to your aspiring basketball player and the family. Stop having them on those cone drills in the backyard. ain't doing nothing for them. More importantly not having any fun, we call it the future basketball training in Memphis. thing is, the future is happening right now in the present at Shoot360. Go see them at 85 Mark Center Drive in Cairoville.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.